Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to a very special episode of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Why? Because today marks our 150th show, and I have an incredible guest joining us. I'm thrilled to introduce a dear friend of the show, Enzo Ritchie, who has released a brand new book called A Parent's Guide to Raising a Driver. For those who don't know Enzo, he's an esteemed author now on his third book. He is an expert in the field of nurturing young drivers on their journey to becoming successful drivers. His book delves into the unique challenges faced by parents as they navigate their child's passion for motorsports, providing invaluable guidance and advice every step of the way. In today's episode, we will delve into Enzo's experience, expertise, and the inspiration behind his book. We'll explore the essential aspects of raising a young driver, including fostering their skills, managing expectation, creating a supportive environment. Whether you're a parent, guardian or simply interested in the world of motorsport, this episode promises to be a treasure trove of insights. Enzo Mucci, for those who don't know, expert, stems from his years of experience in the industry, working closely with inspiring drivers and their families. His dedication to helping young drivers thrive both on and off the track has earned him widespread recognition and worldwide respect. Today, we're fortunate enough to have him on the show. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello. Hello, Enzo, and welcome back to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Thank you very much. Um, it's all looking nice there. I, I just said to you, I love this uh, layout that you've got, and yeah. I'm jealous of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> yeah, please. It's really uh, cool. As I was saying just before we pop on it, I'm very excited because you were our 100th um, guest on the show, and ironically, you're now going to be the 150th guest on the Motorsport Coaching. So I'm very yeah, well, that's actually congratulations to you really to be honest for, for, because i know how difficult it is to do show after show after show um and 150 it passes quickly actually doesn't it it's it's um you don't realize till you count them up or see the the number you're like oh okay geez we've been doing this a while so yeah. no, congratulations to you for that thank it's you great. so it has been a year and you've been very quiet off track on track you've been quite successful but yeah. what's happening tell us a little bit about what's happening on track and then we'll talk about what's been happening off um i would say the the main points are well I, I coach drivers a lot online but going to the actual tracks um i'm with the f2 and f3 drivers so it's obviously ollie bearman um and with sophia flush and ollie gray in f3 so that that's the main i'd say that's the main things i do on track and that takes up quite a bit of time actually there's quite a few races, 14 races i think this this season uh with one cancelled so yeah i'm main, i'm mainly with them traveling uh but then when i'm back it's all about doing yeah like what you're doing same thing um online training and then obviously the show once a week as well so it takes up a lot of time and writing the odd book as well yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> which takes me ages. 
I didn't know any of that until I saw it. And then I, I didn't know, I emailed it away going, where's the link? I can't find it on Amazon in Australia. Is it not available over here? Yeah. So you have got, this is your second book that you've just put out. Third. Third. This I would love to what are the first two and then tell us a little about how this i've got get the drive what's the other one yeah get the drive is a sponsorship one the warrior's mind is um just pure mental training for race drivers and then this one is obviously because it's called the parent's guide it's aimed for parents and uh, it's been something that's been on my mind forever i'd say because obviously parents are the most important people because they provide us with the drivers yeah in a biological way it's pretty obvious but they go into this world a bit like my parents did where it was really my dream but that you know the parents are the ones that are kind of driving you to the track when you can't you haven't got a driving license and stuff so it's still important but race teams obviously talk to the parents rather than yourself when you're young um so the parents end up making the career decisions they're really the mental trainer for the driver um, and all the other challenges that come along, usually the parents have to wear it yeah. and, and front it basically. And when the when the, the driver's crying, it's crying on their shoulder. So they have to spend the time with the driver 24-7, whereas a coach, you kind of like, um, yeah, you train them, you do your online sessions, you're there at the race weekend. But then obviously they go home, you go home. Then it's the parent's job to still provide the training for the driver and the lessons and all this. So I thought there's nothing out there really and I've always no. thought this. You have as well, because I know you tend to this a lot. Um, there's nothing for the parents advice-wise or mm. training in any way. They're just supposed to get it right immediately. And race teams obviously can take advantage of that because it's the parents that are paying for it. So they yeah. can parents can just – they want advice, but they're always asking people in the industry that have got skin in the game and have got their own agendas. So it's really difficult to get genuine – not only training of this is how you mentally coach a driver or help them overcome the challenges, but also career-wise, how do you even choose a path? What's the best team? What happens when the, the team are not behaving themselves? Do I need a manager? All this stuff I've sort of included in the book. Oh, wow. Um, and I see it as being a really important lesson for, for them. And just I wanted to give them like a troubleshooting guide. When I've got this problem, I'll go to this chapter and just see what Enzo's got to say about it. <laughs> Um, basically that's what bred it and I've been writing it forever to be fair it's been a long one um, yeah I it came out the blue for me I was like I didn't even get any teasers or anything it's no athlete driven content for a long time and I was very <laughs> excited or, or shocked all in the same breath when I did see the book come out with the coming soon I was like what when how come I don't yeah know that's just my bad branding that's uh <laughs> marketing that's all that is but yeah it's it's been in the background for a long time and it takes I, I can't say I absolutely enjoy writing books because you know, you don't want to release something that's perfect, right? So you keep going yeah. over it and you add it, you think of another challenge. Oh, I could do a chapter on that. So it does take about two years, really, I'd say. And you just add in, add in, add in. And then the proofreading and all this stuff afterwards is quite a long time. But no, it's um, it's great to get it out. And for, uh, it's it's had a good reception as well. It's it's It hits okay. uh, an area where it, it they do need help. Parents do need help and just a bit of clarity on stuff. And even if it's just a bit of advice to brainstorm things it, i think yeah. it's good i agree a hundred percent and actually like next month i'm going to um designate the month of august around about um the next steps in career so to speak so yeah uh, as you're saying like one of the big de the decisions that parents have to make is like 
where should we take them on to the next challenge? Like what class should we race? What category yeah. should we race? Where should we race? Yeah. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm going to invite like different um, race category managers and team owners to come onto the podcast and actually yeah. share, um, you know, because even parents don't even know where to find contacts. I find right. here in Australia, like even to go from karting into a former Ford, um, like who do I call? Like what are the best teams? What are my options to be a private team versus being a part of a team owner? Like what are my costs and avenues and and yep. options? So I'm definitely next month. So it's kind of a good alignment with your yeah. book. I'm going to be doing that season coming up too. But uh, also previously on the show, we've had a uh, sports psychologist talk about, you know, having that relationship with your parents at the track and then being able to disconnect once you go home, especially if mum and dad is part of your team, your your cart mechanic, your engineer, yep. or team manager and stuff like that. So without a doubt, I'm sure that book's going to go right into a lot more details on the how to actually survive because you do do a lot around the mindset side of things. Yeah, I think it's nearly all of it because nowadays, um, I mean, I started off as obviously a driver, then driver coach and, and brake shapes and all this and lines. But to be fair, the teams have got that covered now with all the data and the onboards and stuff they, they got a good idea of coaching a driver so mm-hmm. I, I went into life coaching actually in the early 2000s and and mental training and it just it goes hand in hand because usually you've got the skills but it's accessing them at the time you know it, it, when you need it in competition so really it comes down to mental side really I think it's mental first even knowledge is still mental you know getting the right kind of knowledge of how to put this qualifying lap together and having the right emotions in place for that and focus so yeah and, and the parent relationship with the driver is big now the biggest thing i think a, a great driver for this driver motivation for this book was when i see i'm coaching a, a kid a driver and i'll tell them something which is exactly the same as what the parent's saying <laughs> But because it's coming from me, they'll listen. If it's coming from the parents, it seems like a nag or they're telling them what to do or they're taking away because a a child usually wants to um, impress their parents more than anyone else. One of the parents normally, they're biased towards one, uh, that they want to earn the love for for, and they can't help it, it's there. Um, I think we've all got it. And when that parent then tells you how to do your own job, I think they see it as taking it away from them. Like, no, 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 this is my area. This is mine. I can't, don't want you to tell me how to do it because I've got this. And it, mm. they get they get that kind of, I'd say, chip on their shoulder at a certain age, usually in their teens. So then they start to be really rude to their parents and, yeah. and all this. And I'm like, ah. So one of the main first t- uh, chapters actually is my kid won't listen to me. And it's, <laughs> it's one of them. And I think we all can, uh, we all know what that's like. We've been on both sides sort of thing um and i think that's a big thing and the the interaction and it's basically how can a parent play it when you've got that kind of relationship which i think happens more often than not because yeah. they'll either rebel or they'll yeah they just want to prove they can do it basically they're finding their feet for sure i agree like even being a coach myself um yeah i always post all of your content again to say, well, if you don't believe me, believe Enzo because he's saying exactly <laughs> what I'm telling you. And if I'm telling you every day, listen to him because he's over yeah. that side and he's saying exactly the same thing that I'm saying. So, that's it. You yeah. see it, don't you? Yeah, you that's see it when right. You're on the, on the, uh, in the, on the uh, circuits. You see, you see patterns. You kind of learn 
what's working and what isn't. And you, you just build up your own database. And I think that's what me and you do. And over the years, you, 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 you sort of have, then have a template, kind of, of how yeah. to uh, create success in a racing career and the main challenges. We were talking off air before just about international drivers and how they're different when they come across. Um, do you think they're different in mentality because they don't have their parents, I guess, in their ear um, all yeah. the time? They have come across individually. And is that yeah. addressed in the book or is that could be a, a part two? <laughs> no, that's true, though. I don't know if I did mention that, actually. But, no, not not crossing the other side of the world. Like, I've worked with quite a few of the Stanaways and um, Liam Lawson uh and jacob douglas now the people from that area from completely the opposite side of the world basically and when they try or anyone who's traveling far even if it's just to england to france you know they're coming away from their parents they find that they have to be more self-sufficient um and they they grow up very quickly so they come in over when they're 17 um and they have to live on their own or with the team so it's always with adults and you can see that when they go then go back home they're like oh i've got nothing in common with my friends anymore yeah they're all talking about this stuff and i'm actually talking about adult stuff now so they really do have an express uh trip up into the adult world and most people are older than than them than the work that they're working with like their engineers and mechanics and stuff so i think when you're there with your bag in your hand constantly you're reminded this is down to me and I'm the one who's got to make sure I've washed my kit before I go to the track. You know, all these little things. I've actually got to go and cook for myself. That's weird. <laughs> so um, just these little life skills, I think, they learn quicker. Anyone does when they, you know, even like my father who came to England from Italy, he just, he was on his own and he had to make it work. He was just a farmer from Italy, south of Italy. And it's like, right, it's on me. And I think that always causes you to step up yeah and you have to learn quickly so yeah it, it's a it's a benefit i think rather I than think just racing at home i think we've just come up with the fourth book there and so <laughs> exactly not another one i need at least a week's break before the another one i start writing again <laughs> International. Yeah. <laughs> you got it so you mentioned the first chapter was about um dealing with your parents or sorry what was the first title again i'll have a look i've got it in my hand it's, it's one of the first ones yeah and it's basically talking about my kid won't listen to me yes my kid won't listen to yep me. it is it's uh chapter six my kid mm -hmm. yeah and, it, and it's a big one it's quite a long chapter that one and do you go through anything about financials in there about yeah. when's enough, when it when is enough enough and yeah what should my I do, and running out of money and what to do and the different paths basically because it, it's it's i'd say that's obviously the the next biggest challenge to be fair yeah. is the cash side of it um f1 at the top of the tree is very healthy i'd say it's healthy as it's ever been because of netflix believe it or not <laughs> um and the way it's it's got a lot of um it's a soap opera now or well, they try and make it into that even though the racing is still just as <laughs> entertaining as it was, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, um, but it, yeah, it hits perfectly, I think. And then obviously with the Hamilton rivalry and everything and the Verstappen, that was brilliant. That was a story. Um, so that's kicked off. So the top of the tree is really, really healthy. All the junior, I mean, we're talking F1, but all the junior categories that lead up to that are now super healthy as well. You know, you've got 40, 50 cars more, actually, if you add them together in F4, um, 
Formula Regionals full, Formula 3 is absolutely rammed and F2, and they can't take any more. So you've got drivers queuing up, and it's becoming a bidding war. So now it's even going more expensive. It's ridiculous. You know, it's yeah. probably gone up another 30% next year to wow. go for F2, especially if it's a successful team. They just keep turning up the volume until yeah. they feel that people won't pay. And that's really cruel because then you're talking millions to do F3. And it's like, where are you supposed to get that from? Yeah. you're not giving millions in value to a sponsor so it's all investment and stuff so i think the money side of it is huge now um there is more help i must admit there's more people more drivers on junior programs than ever before yeah it's like a probably half the field now are on some kind of f1 academy yeah so that's good there is they've got more money so they're putting more money into juniors which is good but still getting spotted um getting on the first rung of the ladder that's the hard bit if you're not from a, a wealthy background or if you've got access to to some serious cash. So, yeah, I, I hit that as well because it's I, I came from that world yeah. just trying to basically hold down jobs to pay for racing. Because um, I was a bit older. I was 18, so I could do that. Um, and it was all club racing. And as if you just keep winning and building and learning up the business skills to actually get sponsorship in, you can go quite far. But when they're in F4 at 14, 15, and they're in F3 at 16 and stuff, that's hard to compete with because that yeah. means you do need cash. So it's just giving them uh, – I've given people basically options of different routes. And then I explain mm -hmm. the different paths that drivers have gone on, a bit like um, McLaughlin. Yeah. You'd never think he'd go to IndyCar, right? <laughs> like, where's that from? <laughs> but he jumped in and he's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I've given some examples of people that have kind of gone left, right and still ended up at the top. Um, so it's it's basically just keep your son or daughter driving in anything, anything you can afford, um, anything that's kind of promotable, even if it's smaller than what they want to be in. If they're winning and making enough noise about it and talking to people that can give them an opportunity, it normally does work out normally if yeah. the work ethic is there. So, yeah, it's it's. Money is a big thing, but it's just creating opportunities, which I think the Get the Drive book is really more about. It's yeah. These are the different ways that people have got careers, not just sponsorship, you know, because sponsorship's difficult now. <laughs> Very difficult. <laughs> it is, because you can't offer them much, right? Yeah. It, it's right. like, yeah, it's the value of them giving you 100K is not really delivering in 100K's worth of new custom, I don't think. No, or definitely not. Media value. Grassroots, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's kind of like okay, they they if they spent that on Facebook adverts, oh my goodness, they would get a lot of clients, new customers. So we're up against that in the sport. If you really want to say right, I want to give them ROI, um, it's difficult. But then when you get near F two, F three, they do actually say, I want to have my brand on the car, and it's worth it. So you know, it gets it to a tipping point when it starts to become worth it again for a company. They're the ones we like. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And there's lots of different, you know, crypto was one thing. It's slightly yeah. toned down now because it's having a tough time. But two years ago, all the crypto companies were chucking money at drivers. Um, and, and now next it's going to be AI, it's, it's VR, whatever. There's always some new emerging market nowadays that actually the people in motorsport, they're aligned with this kind of uh, industry that they're in. So it's never... It's always difficult, put it that way. It's never easy.
No, and I think like, you hit the nail on the head that definitely over here, like there was two points there that obviously if they want to go international, whether it's IndyCar Park or, or F1, they are having to leave home at 13 and 14. So having those life skill sets around yep. gaining sponsorship, even going grocery shopping, speaking a language, um, yep. living outside of home, there's so many skill sets they have. And I don't think parents um, really know how to equip their ch- child correctly or, or enough in order to yep. send them away. So therefore... I'm finding a lot of the times that one one of the parents having to break up the family over here or to separate from their family and uh, to go to, to escort the son or daughter to set them up for six to 12 months, you know, which is massive costs. Um, and, you know, whether they have the luxury to actually live with family or friends um, or if they don't, they're on that journey together. But at some point that parent has to come back to go back to work and, and to be with the other family or they've all got to pick up and move across yep. there. So, you know, it's like how young is too young to start the education and knowledge process? And that's why I keep saying, you know, as far as even sponsorship goes, they need to know as soon as they start racing, they want to make a career. If it's a hobby, whatever. But if it's yep. this career, at 8, 9, 10, they're needing to know how to get sponsorship, how to do PR, how to have a brand, um, all of those kind of discussions and things they don't want to have with their child. But they, they have to step back as well. And we know we all have, like, doting parents as well as a point two that want to look after us and want to do things for us. But as we both know, when it does come to sponsorship and social media and branding and all those things, it needs to come from the athlete itself. Yep. And the parents need to step away because... Yep. You know, sponsors are looking to invest within the athlete, not so much within the parent. And then, you know, you ask the 13-year-old boy to come up and, and give his 30-second speech and they're like, what? Yeah. You know, mum normally does that. I'll get mum to do it. So yeah, I'll say that's great. a big thing now. Uh, I really do. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of um, – I don't know if it's linked to the way we live now on the phone and stuff. Yeah. But I do feel – and I, I don't know if this is true, but I do feel the level of confidence in a lot of kids now is lower. There's less interaction. There's lots yeah. of kids that can't even look you in the eye now. And I thought, I don't remember it being like that. Maybe mm-hmm. I missed it, but it seems no, like I, it's very common. I'd have to, I've had more inquiries for media training yeah. um, over the last couple of months than ever before from young drivers as well. I, I know drivers that are doing psych training because they don't want to get onto the podium because they don't yep. want to do they don't want to do their media. Um, wow, there you go. So like yeah. that's massive that these parents are investing within their child, and yet this child doesn't want to win because they don't want to get up and do a speech because they don't want to stand in front of people. Like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point, and it, and it, it it is. It's like um, one thing that's very true is that people invest in people. So when a, whether it's a Formula One academy or a manufacturer or anybody who can give you an opportunity if they don't quite feel the driver you know they don't quite feel the driver really wants it or they can't connect the driver's not taking the time to even talk to them they don't really want to help them out yeah you know what i mean it's like i that it has to be the x factor so if you've got two drivers that are kind of similar pace but one you can see works hard has got a good attitude lifts the team even if actually that driver's two tenths slower you'll probably hire that one just because you don't really connect with the other one. It's amazing how it's still a people sport. Yes. Because the only thing that's stopping a driver advancing is somebody somewhere above says no for whatever reason. So you've got to learn how to get people to say yes. And then you can have anything you want in life, anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's actually a skill that I think if parents focus on that side, how can I get my, my child a bit more out there, confident, 
learn being interested in actual succeeding you know finding their passion because it might not be in racing you know i'm not saying this is all about race this is all about life skills so racing is sometimes the parents goal and the kids going along with it because it's cool but then they lack the work ethic because it's not really their goal they want to do something else so that's another thing i touch upon it's like make sure that that's this is theirs not yours and if it is yours and it's a shared thing great but just know that you're going to get to a point where the person themselves has to take over, has to run the show. And if they're not fully invested, that's when it'll fall flat. Yeah. They and won't it's, do what needs to be done. Yeah. And sometimes, like with the drivers, if they haven't gone to Europe or US by 14 or 15, you know, when they come to 17 and 18 and the bank of mum and dad are like, hang on, we've been paying this for 10 years. You're old enough to go get a job now. Yeah. Um, the athlete has to make a decision. Yeah. Um, you know, do they want to work and have money? And, and keep racing or they have to work out how can they juggle all of this? Like what does mm-hmm. work like? What does part-time work? We mentioned about, you know, being fortunate or unfortunate with phones, but, you know, can they be doing online work, um, you know, yeah. like odd hours between school and, and, and racing and stuff like that. But that's where that whole um, workmanship comes into it. Like they've got to make that decision. And it's those drivers that take that initiative to, to start, you know, contributing working part-time and paying for their racing that that's when I feel like they really start to take an interest in learning how to get sponsorship in having to do social media because they know that mom and dad can't do it anymore so financially they've got to just switch on and go okay well hey I've got to put on my big boy pants (laughs) big girl pants and uh, learn all of these skill sets myself because think of mom and dad are drying up quick (laughs) oh yeah it is it is and it's just uh, they've you got you still got to keep the mom and dad motivated as well to do it so yeah all true all very true we've got to make sure the kids uh are all it's difficult because a lot of them don't have the skills and school doesn't really teach you the entrepreneurial skills which is pretty much what we're talking about here it is being an entrepreneur and understanding that it's a business but you still gotta have the passion i just want to be a race driver that's all you think when you're a kid right i just want to drive it's the sexiness of all that and then you tell them actually what work goes behind it and how you need to be and it's like oh right I don't think I've got them skill. I'm not motivated. So it's a big subject. Yeah. I'd love to like do an interview, maybe like maybe with one of your F3 drivers about, about how yeah. much they put onto the off-track development side of things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like over the last couple of years, like what has that looked like on their journey from, from their karting days to the open wheelers to now having that opportunity? Like what were they doing back then to what they're doing now and how much time? Because I think people – don't really understand exactly how much goes into that sponsorship development side of things. And I think one podcast, you said it should be like at least four hours a week or something. What was that Um, on? Doing the what sponsorship? Maybe, yeah, maybe during one of your podcast talks about, you know, at least one to four hours every week that you should be developing sponsorship strategies, standing out, um, you know, nurturing those sponsors, partners, getting everybody on board, cold calling, anything. Yeah, it depends um, on the need. Like if you're really running out, then it's going to be an eight hour a day thing, um, even if you're at school. Um, but if you if it's just maintaining the current um, relationship you've got, then it's probably four hours. So I'd say it's more. It's a lot more. It just depends on because you can't race without it. <laughs> you're right. It's gone up. <laughs> like the drivers that are actually doing it i'd say it takes say you've got to research um and approach a hundred companies that takes a long time 
Mm. And you're not doing like proposals for them. You're literally researching them and, and thinking, okay, all I need to do is set up a meeting with this, this company. And you, you see what they do, you see what they need. And then you kind of come up with your, right, I think motorsport will give them this and this and this. They would be interested or just one thing that they'd be interested in. I just want a meeting with them to show them how motorsport can offer them that. Not me as a driver, because when you're at the beginning, they don't care about investing in a driver that's got a future a career. Hmm. There's no return on investment for that. But if you say, I, I can give you access to these clients or whatever it is they're after or the brand new product that they've just launched in, they can help them promote that in front of these type of people, hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of them, and, and put a nice price on it. That's the kind of thing that you can offer a company. And they'll be like, okay, that actually makes sense. So it, it's becoming, but drivers at a young age, they won't be able to hold themselves in a boardroom. They just won't. They won't be taken seriously. So they do need to partner with somebody who can approach companies and sell them, sell their features and benefits, basically, for a company. In the book, like when is the right time for the parents to step away and like for the athlete to step? Yeah, up? it's all it's all in there. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it kind of naturally happens. Karting parents are very involved. <laughs> yeah, they have to do everything right, uh, yeah. and it is that comes down to team selection and getting the the driver to the track and all this stuff. But then as they get to cars, they kind the environment's different. So they're no longer allowed in the debrief room. Some coaches are not even allowed in the debrief room with the engineer. Um, and the whole environment's different, so you don't feel like you can be as involved. So parents take a, a more of a back seat there. Um, that's when you really got to have the, the child firing on all cylinders, really, and growing up. And they have to, yeah, it normally works out itself, I'd say, because just because of the way car racing is. Yeah, and even the even the team will tell the parents off if they're too intrusive <laughs> or loud. <laughs> so it gets yeah. sorted out. Yeah, they do. They get banned. Honestly, it's quite amazing. So th there is difference. Karting world is more like what you see on a soccer match, where everyone's shouting, screaming, and the parents are fighting each other, literally, and yeah. complaining that he or she's got this engine. Blah blah blah. It's very very like that. It's intense. But then car world's different. It's a different atmosphere. There's a lot more hanging around, so it's just a bit more subdued. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we're entertaining our clients, Enzo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've got plenty of time for that at race weekends. That's right. Cars. Yeah, too much time for that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait for my coffee to arrive. Oh, good. Um, so I grabbed mine on Amazon.com.au. Thanks for the link. Um, is that main um, point of purchase? Well, Amazon's strange because you put it on Amazon and they put it on all the marketplaces. Uh -huh. So each one, whether it's China, they've got their own. Oh, the okay. US has got their own. UK, Australia, we've all got our own. So it should just be available. And if it doesn't come up with the link that I provide, I'll provide three links on the website. And mm -hmm. if one of them doesn't, it should redirect you to your country. So Amazon's a bit like that. It's, it is one big website, but each marketplace is very different. And it's like a different company. So it always makes it confusing. But if you search Enzo Mucci Parents Guide, just them words, it will come up, I'm sure. Yeah, of course, I will put the link in today's show notes. Thank you very much. Uh, is there anything I should like to share with us today, Enzo? No, well, basically on the parent side, it's just, yeah, I mean, use racing as life skills um, because I think that's what they get from it. And that's what I'm in it for, really, It's to teach them the skills so they can succeed at anything. If racing doesn't work out, 
then what they take from it is so valuable. They can be a really good entrepreneur. You know what I mean? They can uh, they can set up their own business because it's the same sort of thing. It's competitive. You've got to innovate. You've got to keep improving. You've got to spot what people want and deliver that, which is kind of like sponsorship. So I'd say take that on and keep mindful of that. So if racing doesn't work out, if it's not really their true passion, because we change, right? We get to 18, all of a sudden, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Then allow them to do that. You know, because if you force them, it'll end up bad anyway and just spend a lot of money. So I think it's just uh, use motorsport for what it is. And if it works out, it works out. It's great. But it's not all fluffy at the top. It really isn't. No. Um, it's a bit like movie, you know, when people go to crack the movie industry or the music industry, it's not as amazing at the top as you think. So it's the journey that's really cool and great. When you're there, it, you open up a can of worms. Um, so if they don't make it, just use it. And when I say don't make it, I mean, you know, the original goal, the original big goal. But like we said, I mean, the great thing about motorsports is there are so many different avenues that you can go down. And, yeah. and as I said, you might have to regress down to a smaller car, smaller budget, different yeah. direction. But, you know, it's just a restock, refocus, replan and um, reshoot. And it takes you anywhere. You could be an engineer. Like I never thought I'd be a coach. <laughs> but starting racing and then all of a sudden like you know what i actually get more of a kick out of coaching people and then racing sort of took a bit less of my time i was like you know this is much better than i go into life coaching and all this so i think you find your way basically and at the end of the day racing is a family sport isn't that what yeah. they call it yeah it is it is <laughs> so keep the love and keep the team together and That's try true. and break it between business and pleasure shouldn't we yeah. It could be a wild ride. <laughs> awesome ride. Well, again, Enzo, thank you very much. I can't wait again for the book. Um, make sure you race out and grab the Parents' Guide to Racing a Race Driver. And Enzo, I might see you to get another 50 shows. For <laughs> yeah, exactly. See you on 200. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.